finding product ideas that may work, that's easy. The next step of going down through the data processing and whatnot to see if it actually works or has a chance of working, that takes probably a little more effort, but that becomes almost second nature after doing it several times. Welcome to the High Voltage Business Builders, a show where we interview people committed to making their next million through passive income using real estate, brokering, e-commerce, and beyond. If you're a passionate business builder yourself, visit VoltageB2B.com to get in touch now. All right, folks, so we're back here. I'm with Timo. Welcome to the call, Timo. It's great to have you here today. Hey, it's good to be here as well. All right, great. So since you are a client of Voltage, I always like to start off this component of the call versus others who come on the podcast by asking you, were you coerced to be here? Were you uh, threatened? Did you come here of your own free will to share your story today? Oh, and Neil's twisted my rubber arm. So no, uh, no. <laughs> checks in the mail, no, bro. I'm, checks in the mail. Yeah, right. No, I'm here of my own free will. Yes. Excellent. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your story. You're an amazing guy. And it's been a wonderful experience getting to know you more. Uh, over the last year, but I still don't even know you enough. And I'm sure the listeners here don't know you at all. So let's talk a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit more of your story, the one you want to share. And by story, I don't mean like the last five minutes of your life. Give me a little bit more into who you are. All right. I'm uh, Canadian. I live in Canada and work out of uh, California for the last 15, 20 years. I'm in the travel industry. COVID shut down much of the travel industry, as we know. And after some time off, I looked at starting or restarting something I dabbled in a few years ago and ran across Voltage and Neil and Reed and, you know, ASIN 360 course and, and have jumped in with both feet to the best of my ability. So that's a short nutshell as to how I found you guys and why I'm doing where I am. Was this your first online uh, venture or had you tried other online businesses or other things? I've tried a few things over the years off and on. Some of it was just out of curiosity. This is perhaps the first time I've really jumped in and done it serious. And I use that as a relative term because, you know, there's things that I just don't know yet. And, you know, for me to say it's serious, I've got so much to learn still. So, but I'm excited to be here and, and do what I'm doing. So, yeah. Was any of those things that you tried in the past relative to e-com or were you trying something else online? I've tried a bit of both e-com okay. and some other stuff online. Yeah. Okay. What's some of the bigger takeaways now that you've gone a, a little deeper? You're actually selling things now, right? Uh, yeah. In your brand. What's a little bit of the learning experiences that you've had that maybe you didn't recognize before that you could share with us? Well, where to start? <laughs> Having just dabbled a little bit, doing it with voltage and with ASIN 360 and following the modules that are provided is definitely more in depth than I perhaps expected at first. And the, the amount of time I've spent and perhaps, uh, I think I've reinvented the wheel three times where I should have perhaps just followed, you know, the program <laughs> to a certain, to a certain extent. What have I, I guess learning what I am capable of and what I should let others just do for me versus try to do it myself. Um, ask me more. Keep, keep this conversation. Well, going. I mean, you obviously, <laughs> did you have manager experience in, in overseeing a business previously in your ventures or were you more, would you say you're more corporate, more entrepreneur in your dealings to this point? Uh, uh, you know, 
historically my my work i work for a large corporation i'm you know managerial level perhaps in what i do but in terms of entrepreneurship and running my own business this is all brand new to me so you've been learning how to be a ceo as we like to refer to it right you've been learning how to run an operation without being the person who does everything in the operation which is a big learning curve yeah and definitely one of the things I, I know about our experience together is you've been learning how to be more task oriented for specific type of tasks, um, letting others realize, you know, you don't have to push all the buttons to make it work. Right. Can you give us an example of some of the things most recently you've done uh, that have kind of helped echo that in your learning curve? Something that you most recently just stumbled on or did that kind of changed your next steps? Oh, sure. Just, you know, something simple as building a website. Why bother learning teaching myself how to do that when there are literally, you know, thousands of people available who are experts at it and can do it. So just building a, a, a website, a simple website for one of my products and having that, you know, then displayed to the public. So we're available to the public. Um, that's one simple thing. I mean, never mind, you know, photo editing or uh, one that I need to get into is uh, bookkeeping, perhaps. Uh, you know, I've done my own basic bookkeeping, and that is something I'm not good at and will gladly let someone else do for me. Yeah, it's a big one. So the accounting and chart of accounts, obviously, in the business itself is important to understand. What we call operational independence, right, is, is kind of the key phrase, which has to do with you operating the business without operating every role, setting the business up so that someone else could take it on later because we don't want you in a job. Uh, with these kind of businesses. And the person who wants to buy the business eventually from you doesn't want a job either. Uh, and that's one of the you know, lessons we're trying to instill in everybody as we go along here, um, that you don't have to be in every detail, which is cool. And that's a big learning lesson for you. You know, I know you mentioned your son at one point. Is he involved in the business or is he kind of watching from the outside? He is actually my um, photo taker. He is. Okay. In, yeah. So he's not involved in the business other than just helping me take photos he that's what he does he's a filmer editor photo guy and uh, so he's helped me out with taking photos and whatnot um you know i've got a, a very talented daughter as well in graphic arts and stuff and she's helped me with some of my um just branding and coming up with logos and whatnot as well so so that's amazing uh, you've got the business involved with the family now yeah and they've had to put up with me talking about e-commerce and logos and brands and and you know, domain names and, oh, hey, what, what do you guys think of this product? What do you guys think of this one or this version of it and whatnot? And um, they've been very patient and gracious as well. So, yeah, it's been fun. And they're learning, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, some members of the family have watched with interest and, uh, and perhaps want to try it as well. And, you know, getting the first um, checks in the mail, so to speak, after sales of product was, was gratifying, um, particularly for my wife. Yeah, <laughs> actually, some, some money coming in rather than going out all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's a major that's a major milestone. Let's break that down for just a second because I know that's one of the major gotchas between people understanding. Well, what am I going to sell? Right, which is always a big question. You know, if you've never done this, you know, what do I sell? What's in demand? What do people want? What can I actually give them? The time involved, obviously, in getting it to the point where the sales are happening and understanding that process, and of course, actually making the first sales. And seeing that hard work actually be returned. How did that work for you? How did you feel about it? Tell me yourself exactly how that worked for you. You know, as far as finding what to sell, I just, again, followed the training. I went through, you know, sort of product ideas that interested me. 
or had in our house or we've used or, you know, see the neighbors using it or whatever. And it really doesn't matter what is sold as long as it meets the criteria in the research section or phase of choosing a product to then looking for, you know, the sourcing and whatnot. And this is, you know, you talk about using other people uh, sourcing. I tried sourcing on my own because I wanted to learn how to do it. Quickly realized I didn't really want to talk to people overseas, several different companies when there are people who are experts at sourcing products. And, um, you know, using the contacts that you guys provided have had great success sourcing products overseas. You know, then to taking it to the next level in terms of testing the product and then launching it. And this is what I really like about what I've learned is it's data based. It's not based on, ooh, I like this product or it's a cool product or I like this color of a product or whatever. It's all based on data. So, you know, ordering a small batch of 20 or 30, 50, whatever, and testing it to see if the market actually likes it. You know, so I've, I've tested three completely different products in three completely different categories, launched one and just launched a second and the third one, I don't know that the test is perhaps inconclusive whether, you know, I need to market it differently or package it differently or something. It's not as good as the first two. And that's what I like about what I've learned so far is the fact that it's data based. It's not based on a whim or a wish or a hope. Yeah. No Hail Mary passes on, on when you're spending money, right? Uh, we don't guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we yeah. don't guess on dollars. Yeah. And that's, it is important that you say that um, because it is a process of, tra- of working by the numbers. It literally just gets down to the data point. And you don't care if you sell fuzzy bunny slippers to grandma. You don't have to be passionate about that. You have to understand the person who is passionate about it. And you have had a couple of those revelations, I know, in, in a recent call we had with the group where you mentioned a change you made in in that. You changed the brand, you changed some images, you changed something. If I remember correctly, um, you tweaked an optimization on your listing and things went, what happened? Tell me about that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's actually been something that's been continual. You know, you launch something with what you believe is, you know, good pictures or a good listing or a good, you know, catchphrase or, or whatever, um, in, uh, product information. and as you get feedback, you realize, you know, that maybe something is not identified as quite as well as it could be. So you go back and, and redo it, whether it's in, in pictures or, you know, product title or in the description or, or whatever, or the product itself could be improved or the packaging, anything. I mean, you, you go back and, and retweak little bits. And I've done that several times after the test, first test, realized that I needed to identify certain features of the product better. And when I launched, I did that. And then as I've had feedback from customers, I then retweet as well. So it's a continual learning process and, and tweaking. And as and you mentioned, the group calls, I have actually very much appreciated the group calls and the collaborative nature that comes from those calls and the groups, you know, the uh, chat groups and whatnot in the help that's provided support and encouragement. Good. Well, I hope so, because uh, we're putting a lot yeah. of energy into making sure that <laughs> no, people, good. yeah, and I think that's a big component of your of, of success for the people I've seen, and hopefully you feel the same way too, is that obviously we give the time intensive uh, to understand, as you've mentioned, acting imperfectly is a big component of that testing product, and then getting in and really learning how to optimize and change the right things means the product necessarily isn't a failure. I mean, how many times have we seen people say, you know, on YouTube or other places, I launched a product and it was a total failure and this whole thing sucks and Amazon sucks and it all sucks, right? 
when in actuality, there's adjustments to those products that should be made because no product is ever perfectly launched, right? Oh, yeah. And I think I really like, you know, I say database, but, you know, there's a certain amount of right place, right time, or just because we do things doesn't mean it's going to work every time. And I get that, you know, but, you know, so far the data has, the database process has worked, you know, uh, <laughs> don't marry your product. Just, yeah, uh, you know, I, I didn't think I really understood what that meant until you actually invest a certain amount of time and effort into researching, getting samples, uh, a test order, um, you know, a small order that you're going to test and then realize, yeah, it may not work, you know, and yeah, there's a few months or more that may have been invested in it and you can't marry if the data doesn't show that. Yeah, and it's, it's an important part of that market. To work. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, yeah, it's an important part of that market, as you said, to determine your differentiation between the, the competitors in the marketplace. And I analogize it like a key code lock uh, that you're literally kind of just turning the tumblers as you turn each tumbler, it eventually is going to unlock. And so many people think I just walk up there and I'm going to put the key in. Well, what if I don't give you a key? Now you have to become the pick. And many people don't realize you've got to pick the tumblers on that lock. And once you do, things will change very quickly. And how fast you do that or how fast you're you know willing to accept the changes and make the changes. Um, will be how fast that product takes off. Partly, I think, and, and you know this, it's about the process of product selection. We aren't guessing, right? You didn't guess on these products. As you said, they were data-driven and you had data that said, customers want this product. They want it near this price point. And so I know where I'm going to go in and innovate the differences in this. And how do you think that played a role in the success you've had so far? No, absolutely. I don't think I ended up with any of the products I thought I would have at the beginning. You know, you have an idea of some things that you might want to sell or you think are good products. And I ended up with something completely different. You go down these, as you do the research process, you go down these rabbit holes. And you start looking at one type of product and then you go online to see if there's people buying it. And then you end up eight steps down in a completely different niche or category and go, ooh, this one might actually work. And one of the, one of the tasks we get early on in the program is to start writing down just product ideas, you know, that's what they call the list of 500. And at first it seems difficult. How, how are you going to come up with 500 product ideas? But after doing it a little while, it's like, you can't stop. Your brain does, doesn't shut off in terms <laughs> of trying to find, wondering yeah. if that's a good product or not. And then you go and, you know, hit the laptop or the computer and look at the data and, and go, actually, that one might work and you add it to the list. So finding product ideas that may work, that's easy. And that's the, the next step of going down through the, the, the data processing and whatnot to see if it actually works or has a chance of working. That, that takes probably a little more effort, but that becomes almost second nature after doing it several times, I think, as well. So, so without getting too far into the, the details of this question, you may not want to answer it, but how, how has it been successfully for you? Has it been revenue and profit-wise? Are you happy with what you've gotten? And can you give us any insights into to where that's been since you've started? Oh, sure. I mean... <laughs> I've had moments where I go, what the heck am I doing this for to, wow, this is far beyond I, what I expected. So, you know, I, I, like I mentioned, I have three different uh, products that I'm looking at right now. It's three different, completely, completely different categories. The one I launched with a, you know, a large order, a relative large order to, to what I had to start. And, but I always considered that first large order as a, the next step in the test of the product and how it's going to run and whatnot. And, you know, I launched in, in the fourth quarter, which is the best sales quarter 
for obvious reasons. And even though the product I have is, you know, it's in the broad category of sports and outdoor equipment and perhaps a year round seller, which, you know, again, that's part of the, part of the learning process. I don't know yet because I haven't done a full year of sales yet. So, but the fourth quarter, in terms of what my expectations were, I, looking back at it, I'd break it down into three, three different parts. And one is just, you know, the launch phase of like, wow, man, this is, I don't know if it's going to work. It's not, people aren't looking, they're not getting their eyeballs on the listing, but then you start the advertising and, and slowly start picking up then to, you know, the third section of, okay, this, this is actually working. And then the, sort of the second section of, wow, this is actually working to the third section of, holy crap, I'm going to run out of product before I can get right. more. Um, and because how do I slow sales down? So, you know, I increase right. the price and, and shut down. Wait, wait, wait. How off. do you slow sales down? That sounds like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I, mentioned, I mentioned this to you as well. I, I mentioned, you know, to, to the family a couple of times, like, wow, you know, like I'm, I'm going to run out of product. And my, my son, who's very sarcastic and dry-witted, dry humor, um, looked at me and said, uh, hey, dad, sounds like you're suffering from success. And I had to laugh because that's basically, you know, what it what it seemed like from success yeah. <laughs> it's amazing um so i i ended up you know running out of product before i could get more more product even though i had wow. raised the price um 25 shut off all advertising and the sales just continued so yeah that part was very very exciting and i'd already started in order process to replenish and then added if you want to call it an emergency additional order to get shipped over by air but it hadn't arrived in time for the holiday season. And, um, but I'm looking forward to now running it in January and which your first quarter advertising. Like. Yeah. Exactly. Looking at what the first quarter looks like. Yeah. And, and fine tuning all the stuff that I've done. Cause I mean, I, you, you mentioned this in some of your, um, group calls that we've had something along the lines of when you launch something imperfectly, something perfect can come out of it or to that effect. And I definitely launched imperfectly, but I launched. And it's working, and now's you know the time, the first quarter, to fine tune that process and take what I've learned and build on it, making better. That way, when the fourth quarter happens again, it's just fantastic. Looking forward. What does to that product mean to your business? Again. Is that a fifty, hundred thousand dollar product next year as you, as it continues to sell? What do you forecast now as you look forward uh, for your business? What do you see? Well, um, I think I, you know, looking at sales in the two months that i had the product um if i take that into next year that will definitely be you know a six-figure sales product excellent just one version of it yeah so now you know the process and the repeatable process what do you really anticipate your goal for next year is going to be now you know where you are <laughs> i won't hold you uh, to it but i'm yeah, just curious you know what you think. I was thinking about, um, well, let's put it this way. You know, I was telling, I would launch, launch a product, you know, 20 to 30 a day. It doesn't sound like much, but then you kind of go, wow, actually I can improve on that next year and then add a, another eight to 10 products. You kind of do the, do, the, do the math from that in, you know, sort of November, December next year or October in the fourth quarter, having eight to 10 products, each selling a few hundred a month. Yeah, that, that does change the optics of what um, one's uh, financial picture can look like. Yeah, and that's, no doubt. And that's still just and that's still just the start of what's possible. 
And most importantly, those products are profitable. Uh, since you went by the numbers, there's profit yeah. in your products. Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of profit. Again, you know, you know I break break down the um, into three parts: the the launch of the first first the first product, the first third. Yeah, I'm looking at no pro- no profit because the advertising costs and launch launch process and whatnot. And then the third or the second the second third going okay, there's some profit. And then the third. I'm going to go, holy crap. I'm okay. You know, you average it out even for a launch product and starting out cost and whatnot. I'm well into a profit and then looking forward going from here, just tweaks, making it better. But yeah. The profits ramping it up. Sure. Thank you for telling me that. So as we uh, kind of wrap this up here, what, if someone's listening to this call and maybe they're you and they're listening to this and they're wondering, you know, about what we're doing and what's going on, what would you say to you if you were listening to this right now and wondering, you know, is Timo legit? Is this a really, is this a legitimate, is e-com legitimate, is Amazon FBA legitimate? What would you tell yourself? I should have started sooner. Probably that's the one, start sooner. Like I, I should have taken this opportunity and done something like this much, much sooner instead of waiting till now in terms of do something every day. Uh, there are times when it feels like you're spinning your wheels when you're waiting for, you know, a supplier to find something or you're waiting for supplier to get to you or you're waiting for something because it's, it's not always go, go, go because of lag time with overseas and whatnot, but always do something every day. Even if you don't feel like it every day, doing a little bit, you actually end up accomplishing a lot over a period of few months so and i think that was a quote from you as well do something every day do something every day yeah it doesn't always feel like it's progress but it's actually just stepping stones and i ref, you know refer to it yeah. as getting it done, getting something done every day as a stepping stone of moving three feet forward so you can see where you're going um, down the path it's like we we want to run to the top of the himalayan mountains but you got to remember you need oxygen you need food you need to know where you're going and you don't necessarily always get there on your own which is why you hire guides <laughs> so you exactly. don't die halfway up the mountain Thank you for coming on. I'm honored and I appreciate your faith in us. And I'm super excited about your success. Just your language and your person is different since the first time we talked and your confidence is up and you have a plan. I mean, you just told me what your plan is. Eight to 10 products in the next year. Continue the process you're going. Things with organic, uh, your product and brand is going to mature in the system. We know that's going to occur. So now it's just a matter of continuing the process and, you know, interviewing you again in a year and talking about your seven figure business because it's just a matter of time now. And I'm super excited to to have you on. Yeah, we'll be there. I'm going to be there to watch it. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks for your time, Timo. Appreciate you coming on. If you like this episode, please share it with people you think will enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening. And be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of High Voltage Business Builders.